All right. So today we are going to the next chapter of the magic of the lost temple. Name is visiting the village. Two days later, Nuni woke up early in the morning. She quickly had a bath and went to the dining room. Usha combed her hair and gave her breakfast. While Nuni was eating, her mother said, "My child, this is the first time that you will be away from both dad and me." I know your Ajay and Aji love you very, very much, but they are getting old. Try and help Aji in the kitchen. Maybe you can do things like washing the vegetables, cleaning the table, placing mats, and filling the water. Nuni nodded absent-mindedly as Usha continued. I have packed your walking shoes, swimming costume, and two pairs of flip-flops. I have also packed a few hats so that you can use them when you go out in the sun. Don't drink water from anywhere except for the boiled water that Ajay will give you. I have kept an extra water bottle so you can carry some water with you no matter where you go. Don't worry, Amma," said Nuni. "I have added some fun books for you to read. Some of them are simple stories about the history of Karnataka and India. You can sit with your grandfather every day, and he will add to those stories. I'll call you as frequently as I can." But your dad will call every day. Behave well and enjoy your stay, Nuni. I don't want to hear any complaints about you. What do you want from Delhi? I'll definitely get it for you. Nuni heard her mom's voice turn hoarse. Then she looked up at her. She was surprised to see that her mother's eyes were moist. Get me whatever you like, mom, she said gently. Usha patted Nuni's head. When Shekhar walked into the dining room a few minutes later. Usha pointed to a basket and told him, "Take these apples and oranges for your parents. I have bought two packets of walnuts and almonds for your father, and two cotton saris for your mother. She'll find them comfortable in the summer. Don't forget to give it to them now. I've also kept some paper garlands for the local temple there. Your mother was looking for them when she was here the last time. Suddenly." Usha grabbed Nuni and gave her a long, tight hug before saying goodbye. Nuni didn't understand why her mother looked so sad, and simply hugged her back. Vivek Uncle joined Shekhar and Nuni while they were putting their bags in the car, and within minutes, the trio were on their way to Sumana Halli. Since Nuni was not used to getting up so early in the morning. She quietly fell asleep in the back seat. When she woke up, she found her father and Vivek uncle chattering away about various things. I have a cousin who lives in Harihara near the Harihareshwara temple. We can take a bathroom break there if you want. Nuni can relax a little before we resume our journey. Vivek uncle suggested. Since there's barely any traffic right now. We may reach early if we don't stop on the way," said Shekhar. Then he turned to Rooney and asked, "Do you want to take a break to use the bathroom later? If so, we'll go to Harihara." Rooney shook her head. Shekhar continued, "When I was younger, this journey used to take eight hours. I don't know how I survived it. What was it like to grow up in Samana, Ali Shekhar? Ours was a joint family." Of three brothers and their families, we all lived under the same roof. Both my uncles were older than my father, 
and had four children each. My father, however, had only one child, me. So we were a total of nine children. My mother was a patient woman. And since she was the youngest wife, the family made her responsible for all the cooking. My poor mother has spent her entire life in the kitchen. It was the same menu for breakfast every day, poha or upma. I didn't like either of them. Sometimes, though, there was a dosa or idli. When I complained to my mother about it, she would try to pacify me by saying that individual request could not be entertained in a joint family. It was very frustrating for me at the time. Now I know why do you don't touch upma at any of our office parties, said Vivek. Not only that, I always asked Nuni what she wants to eat for breakfast. I have told Usha to make whatever she wants and not what is convenient for us. I really had a hard time, so I know how it feels. Growing up, I had the same problem with clothing. While the girls had a little more freedom, all the boys had pants and shirts made of the same color and material. It was like I had a uniform at home and in school. Vivek laughed heartily. Shekhar did not. Nuni finally understood why her dad took her to a fancy mall on her birthday every year and asked her to buy whatever she wanted. Though she would like her to buy a dress, Nuni usually chose leggings and tea and he never forced her to change her choice. You must have had a lot of fun though, said Vivek. To tell you the truth, I didn't like living in a joint family. Individual merit is usually never considered or appreciated in such a family. For example, I was very good at studies, but my cousins were not. Still, we were sent to the same school. Later, my parents sent me to Hubli for study and I had to switch from a Kannada medium school to an English medium school. It was a big change and a tough adjustment, but I feared well. Eventually, I completed my graduation from Karnataka Medical College in Hubli and my post-graduation from Bangalore. After coming to Bangalore, I knew I wanted to live in a big city. There are still so many more opportunities there. How did you spend your summer vacation? Well, there really wasn't much choice. It is a sleepy village with a population of around 4,000. There was no summer school or workshop, so there was nothing much to do. Amma would make a lot of poppers, which needed to be baked in the sun. So the other kids and I helped her by running up and down the stairs and spreading them out on the terrace. If it rained, we rushed to cover them with plastic sheets. She would also make multiple kinds of pickles, so we had to help her with cutting the mangoes or chopping wood because of the rampant shortage of electricity. There would be all kind of errands to run. Of course, we had helpers, but still, if we don't work, they didn't work either. I hated the course. Instead, I wanted to read. My limited stock of new books would finish within a week during my holidays, and we did not have a library in our village. So, one summer, my father gave me a Kittles Kannada English Dictionary, which I memorized. In those days, the illiteracy rate was very high. So some villagers would come to me to help them write their letters. Are you planning to gift Nunia Dictionary too? 
joked Vivek. Yes, Usha has already packed a dictionary in her bag, but it's not that hard. It is a children's dictionary. Shekhar glanced at Nuni in the back. Are you completely awake now? Do you want to eat something? No, she replied absent-mindedly. She was thinking about starting work on that dictionary soon. You must have fond memories of your village, remarked Vivek. Yes and no. Almost all my cousins have left the village and are in ordinary jobs. After their parents passed away, they wanted to sell their property and I bought it. Because my father didn't want to lose our ancestral land. Practically, it is really of no use to me because I have settled in Bangalore and I don't plan to ever move back. I don't have any friends there and I feel like a misfit. I don't like to see the dirt, dust and the bad maintenance in the village. There is also the frequent failure of electricity. Now, it is very difficult for me to live there. Usha doesn't seem to mind it so much. Maybe it's because her father was transferred to many states and villages during his career at the bank. But still, I know that the village is my parents' life. Do you still have any relatives there? Yes, I have an aunt called Sarasu. She is my father's sister and is settled there with her children and grandchildren. I don't think she's ever gone out of Karnataka. Then I have a cousin who owns a medical store and his son is an army officer currently based in Delhi. He visits once a year and I make sure that I meet. What does your father do in the village? Oh, he's a very busy man. He's a trustee of the temple and whenever a wedding takes place, he is called for the occasion and the newlyweds take his blessings. He has a few cows and insists on taking care of them even though they only supply one liter of milk every day. He also grows patty and coconuts but spends more money on the labor and then donates most of it to the temples. He grows bananas and gives them away to all the village children. Sometimes he sells vegetables too. He is very happy going about his business. Amma is another one. She can't make food for only two people. She cooks for at least ten. They have a few servants who do little work but are reliable, paid well and fed even better. Overall, I guess you could say that my parents lead a happy and content retired life. Nuni started thinking about Aja and Aji's house in the village. She had been there many times. Aja owned a 15-acre garden on the outskirts of the village and adjacent to it were huge paddy fields. There was a small and beautiful rivulet flowing through the garden. Aja had built a small guest house and few houses for the workers to stay in. There was a wall around the garden, but not the paddy fields. He called this his farm. Nuni loved the farm. There was so much water and fresh air and so many trees. It was a dream playground for hide and seek. It was warm by the time they reached the sleepy little village of Sumanahalli. Shekhar's father was standing outside the house waiting for them along with an unexpected crowd of people. The villagers had come to see the important Dr. Sahib, who belonged to their village. At least 10 patients were sitting on the side, awaiting a free consultation. As Nuni got out of the car and looked around, she noticed that Aji was very busy serving tea to all the patients. She rushed inside to meet her grandparents 
and touched their feet. Ajji immediately hugged her, and Nuni felt the warmth of her hug. From the corner of her eye, Nuni saw Mahadeva approaching her.